Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Risser of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Hey, greetings everybody and welcome back to another episode of The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate show with a couple guys sitting around talking sports and talking real estate for a little bit, but usually it's just talking sports. We actually have not just a couple guys, we have a lady on tonight and we're excited about that. It's going to keep the boys on their behavior. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by my regular co-host, Bill Risser in St. Petersburg, Florida, Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia, and our fourth wheel Shea Brewer is at a game tonight with his Portland Trailblazers, uh, but we have two special guests, once again, following up on last week's Cotton Bowl edition. This week is called our Orange Bowl edition. We have representatives from the number one Alabama Crimson Tide and the number four Oklahoma Sooners. Joining us from Florence, Alabama, Mike Randall, and joining us from Raleigh, North Carolina, representing the Oklahoma Sooners, is our good friend Alyssa Hellman. Let's go around the horn and find out how everybody's doing tonight, maybe what they're drinking, and then we'll get started with our show. Bill Risser in St. Pete, what is going on in Florida, my friend? Uh, not much. It's just another beautiful uh, beautiful weekend in the Sunshine State, which is what today was, filled with sunshine. Uh, watching a lot of football, uh, kind of seeing what's shaking out in the NFL, especially with some, some major uh, shakeups. That was fun to watch today, especially because teams that I don't like didn't do well. So that, <laughs> it's just funny how much happier you are uh, when that happens. Uh, that's it for me. It's uh, No golf today, huh? I did play golf this morning. I did. I, I, I didn't play that well, uh, but I played with Anthony Malafronte, who won today, Sean. Oh, good so for him. We have a pretty simple rule. If you win the uh, day, you <laughs> take everybody to breakfast. So, oh. yeah, it was great. So I got Where'd to play you go? golf. Where'd you go? To that little spot we went to last time? Uh, same place, Irish 31. We watched some football, had a quick uh, breakfast, and, uh, and, and Anthony picked up the tab. So, uh, Anthony, if you're listening, thank you very much. Did you sit outside? you sit in a little spot where we sat last time? No, we, we sat inside. Uh, Okay. So, yeah, it was it was busy. A lot of lot of cowboy fans. A lot of cowboy fans. I don't know what's up with that. I guess they're all over, but um, yeah. a lot of fun. Early early game in Dallas today it was twelve o'clock kick. So, yeah. Todd, what's going on with you in coming Georgia? I'm just got my mind on two eggs over medium uh, wheat toast. Some pass the ketchup. Oh, <laughs> three words you should never hear at breakfast is pass the ketchup. It's terrible. Um, Todd, yeah, Todd, is an, Todd is an anti ketchup on your eggs or anything in oh. breakfast, and Todd tell. Once again, you're ranking on potatoes, breakfast potatoes, because you, you, you're pretty – you have a hierarchy on the breakfast potatoes. What is your mm. – um, Wow, you're, uh, you're digging deep. I may have been a couple beers in when I, when I texted you yet. So um, what do you, what you got, home fries one? No, you know? hash browns one, home fries two. Uh, see, we could, we could have a whole show on oh, this. Oh, no, 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 no. You're, you're uh, wrong. And we have, a lady, we have a lady on the show. I'm, I'm, sicking up, I'm sitting up a little straighter today. <laughs> I'm going to try not to belt. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be good stuff. No, great that's weekend. okay. She'll probably beat you to it, actually. <laughs> I might. <laughs> there, there you go. Um, great weekend, Sean. A lot of sports, uh, you know, holiday time, a lot of, a lot of family. So good, good, good times for sure. Awesome. Let's go over to – let's go ladies first. Alyssa up in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, what's going on with you? You guys, you, guys uh, you, you and Lynn had a busy finish to your year, but I think you guys are kind of a little downtime now. You got a new puppy in the family. Yeah. Uh, introduce us to your new puppy. We do have a new puppy in the family who um, I'm getting a lot of steps in because I'm chasing him around the house and 
taking him out every hour, <laughs> pretty much it feels like. Um, but yeah, we're just gearing up for Christmas. We're excited to take a few days off and enjoy some time together. We're going to bake all day tomorrow and eat lots of food. So I'm excited about that. Um, and then I'm looking forward to watching the Sooners win on Saturday. Oh, calling her shot. Uh, <laughs> tell us about Rusty. Rusty's a little puppy you just got, got yes. last two weeks ago, I think. Rusty is a little King Charles Cavalier puppy. Um, he and I flew home from, uh, I went up to New York to get him from the same breeder my parents got theirs from. Um, and then we tried to fly home for two days straight. Um, and so we got stuck in an airport for 14 hours. And if you ever want to know what hell on earth is like, it's in an airport for 14 hours with a, with a puppy, 12, with a with a 12 puppy. week old puppy <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. trying to figure out where should I go? What should I do to entertain this puppy? But he actually was really awesome. Um, he kind of, uh, won me over for being a really good puppy during that time. So. And based, based on the Instagram stories and the pictures and stuff I've seen on, on social, uh, if you don't, if you're not sure what a King Charles Cavalier puppy is, it's pretty much like a lab puppy with like elephant ears. Um, yes. <laughs> right. But yes. His head will get a little bit bigger, but his head is really small right now. So his <laughs> ears just look really disproportionate to his body. And when he leans down to eat, they get soaking wet. It's just a whole mess for him. I feel really bad for him right now. Right. But one of the coolest things to watch is how Sydney, your other dog, who's an awesome dog, uh, and Sydney's, I think, a mutt, right? Is Sydney? Yeah, Sydney? Sydney's a lab mix mutt, but a, a mixed breed, Sean. A mixed breed, whatever. <laughs> yes. and, but it's uh, it's been so cool to watch Sydney kind of give up the bed a little bit. Um, yes, she has indeed. Um, she fought it at first and was really growly when we first brought him home, but um, yeah, she has kind of given in and. Now they share her dog bed and his puppy bed goes relatively unused unless she gets kicked out of her own bed and has to be half in, half out of one. That's awesome. And Not Sonny, for her. <laughs> how, how's Sonny and Ryland doing with the, with the new puppy? They love the puppy. They cannot get enough. So it is definitely, we're excited to have a few down days where we can all just hang out and, and play and do all that fun stuff. And it's beautiful in North Carolina right now. It's like 60 degrees. So it's wonderful. How's, how's your betta fish doing, Alyssa? Good. <laughs> we do have two betta fish. <laughs> Why did I know that? Why did I know that? <laughs> um, I actually, we've had them for almost a year and I actually just learned their names last week. Um, there's Lenny and Mr. Blue. I accidentally called one of them pizza, which apparently was the one prior to the, had to get flushed. Um, <laughs> my my sincere mistake, but um, I stay relatively uninvolved with the fish. <laughs> right on. That's good. That's good. Well, it's it's it, it'll be interesting to watch how the dogs react the next couple of days because now for the first time there's nobody going back to work or to school on Monday, so the for dogs sure. have to kind of figure out like when the hell do I take my nap because everyone's home still. Totally. You know? <laughs> I I hope they nap a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well you, you guys will be cooking they'll just they'll come sleep by your feet exactly. mike randall mike randall in florence alabama i've known you gosh for i want to say eight or nine years now we met at a gem blue with cole banker your cole banker agent rocking with the cole banker pinnacle company down there uh amazing team uh led by brian and Jeannie. um but mike how are you doing in, in florence alabama tell us about your your week and, and holiday so far Oh uh, man, it's been great. I think this is the, this may be a record. I've, I think we bought the last Christmas present today, which is finishes me, finishes me up before Christmas Eve, which is like a record. So, um, 
in any way. Glad that I won't be out there uh, picking anything up, at least that I'm thinking about right now. So uh, tomorrow. So good luck to all those folks that will be out there uh, finishing up. Um, other than that, just looking forward to a good week of uh, some downtime, watching some bowl games and uh, glad that I'm not Jordan Pickford right now. And uh, man, just looking forward to a good week. <laughs> and uh, now Mike, Alyssa has two small kids, um, uh, elementary school. You, you have a, you have a college kid, right? And then, and then two yes, in high it, school, is that right? Yeah. My daughter, Sydney just graduated from UAH uh, nursing school. So she starts work uh, in January. Um, she's going to be working in the ER. So she's also really proud of her. And uh, uh, Jacob's a senior in high school, Lawrence high and Maggie is a freshman. And uh, Jacob just finished up a cross country season. Maggie's about to start uh, soccer. And um, so just looking forward to watching Jacob finish up his senior year. And, um, you know, yeah, so have three, three kids, three dogs, a cat, no fish. <laughs> hey, I didn't know I had my fish until recently. So don't worry about it. You there might, might have fish and have no idea. Yeah, he might have fish. That's great. I love uh, it. Let's, let's make sure Sonny and, Sonny and uh, Ryland get some love. Tell us what ages they are. For sure. They are seven and eight. Um, Ryland is actually a big Clemson Tiger fan um, because his father went to, he played golf at Clemson. Um, And so we try to not watch bowl games together. (laughs) Um, We actually do pretty well as long as they're not playing one another. Um, So I'm hoping that we both don't make it to the national champion. Ah, so you're, Alyssa's calling for the Oklahoma Notre Dame. We're not going to. Yeah, oh, oh. I like it. We're it's starting early. Okay. <laughs> no, jump in. No, it's, I was going to say, that's, that's like the perfect hedging the bet, right? I mean, you can, either either you play each other or you don't play, you don't know, no one gets in. It'd be perfect. Absolutely. I, I feel like a really bad mom when I'm like, I don't want your team to win. Um, and But I don't. And I, I actually, like, I feel like that's an okay statement. Like, that's good. That's solid parenting. I'm building character. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Alyssa, you have to forget Mike. He's not used to his team um, being good and in the spotlight. So he's <laughs> <laughs> firing shots early. Exactly. He's getting used to it. He's getting used to it. All right. So here yeah. we go, guys. I got three, three, three sheets of sports. Let's go right into it. Uh, Bill, I want to start with you. Uh, we don't really talk about Major League Baseball a lot in the middle of December, but yesterday a really, really big trade that I think is the first piece of a puzzle that I think is trying to come together for a lot of different teams, yeah. namely your Los Angeles Dodgers, not yours, but but a team that you follow a lot having yeah. been out in California. The Dodgers and Reds make make a seven-player trade yesterday. The, the Dodgers get Homer Bailey and two prospects. The Reds get Matt Kemp. Yasiel Puig, Alex Wood, the pitcher, and Kyle Farmer, catcher, plus $7 million in cash. Um, it is clearly a cap move and a, what a coincidence, opening up some spot in the outfield uh, hmm. for possibly, I don't know, maybe maybe Bryce Harper. Yeah. Um, let's go to you, Bill, and get your thoughts on that big, big trade. Yeah, $17 million in cap space. Uh, gave up three key components of their two World Series teams, right? Alex Wood, Puig, and Kemp all played roles. But Kemp is... I don't think a Kemp is a, I mean, look, he's on the way on the downside of his career. And to be quite honest, Puig never really turned it into what he should have been. So I'll be honest if the, and I'm not a Dodger fan by any stretch, but if the Dodgers, I think their loss in that whole deal is Alex Wood, but they're loaded with pitching. So, so 
I think their ability, if they can, that 17 million they freed up, if they can somehow swing a deal for Bryce Harper, which by the way, is going to be a whole lot more than $17 million a year. Uh, and it's going to be a long-term contract because he's only 26. Think about that. Yeah, they're talking like, probably, probably 30 million a year is what they're looking at. Yeah. The kind of the number that maybe a 31, uh, just depending yeah. on how the number works out. But, but just to open up that 17 million in cap space was huge. It helps. It helps. It's luxury tax money is what it's called, right? Cause yes. there's really no cap. You just yeah, really, well, and really the, the yeah. Red Sox were the only team that's ever been penalized yet right. for the luxury right. tax. So it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, Harper's 26 years old. Generally these kinds of big deals happen when somebody's pushing 30 and that's been the problem. You do an eight or 10 year deal and you're paying somebody at their 37, 38, 39th year where they're horrible. I mean, you know, when they're, when they're that old, they're always going down. Young players get better. Old players get older. That's, hmm. that's like the axiom in baseball. Right. And the, yeah. the sweet spot year for baseball is 27. Bryce Harper's not even there yet. So it's uh that's going to be interesting, but it's be, Philly's making a hard play for him too. So does he end up, you know, going to play with Riz Hoskins, who's unbelievable, um, you know, be a great pl- place for him to go as well. But he grew up in Vegas, so getting back to LA, that's a really short flight, um, you know. So uh, yeah, we'll see. And Billy, I think Kemp, Kemp on the backside of his career, I think we all agree. Yeah. Uh, but Kemp could kind of serve that role that that David Justice served on the Oakland A's when he kind of went on the backside of his career. Yeah. Really serve as that mentor, that that player that can between him and Joey Votto could really be the the, the voice of that of that team. Uh, veteran yeah. white guy, veteran black guy, and yeah. just really just – and then Puig, my curious thing about Puig is going from L.A., kind of that spotlight of L.A., with his kind of attitude and his aloofness, um, is that going to play in Cincinnati? It'll play you, from a star standpoint right away because they'll be glad they have a star, but yeah. is he going to be able to showboat and kind of be that aloof player he's been in Cincinnati? Yeah, you're the Ohio guy. You tell me. I mean, I think uh, that's going to be an interesting. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, yeah I just... that's going to be interesting. I, I'm not sure that'll work. Um, by the way, the Dodgers released Homer Bailey immediately, and mm-hmm. and because I'm telling you right now, as a guy who's you know been in a 32 season or 32nd season of fantasy baseball is coming up. Homer Bailey's one of those names you avoid like the plague <laughs> because he's had runs where he's okay, but generally Homer Bailey's not that good. Uh, so he'll who knows where he ends up. He'll sign somewhere, I'm sure, but. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. I we'll see. I think the Reds are serious. They had another trade earlier in the off season, so they're 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 all in. And um, you know, but that's very impressive, especially with the division they're in. So it'll yeah. be a lot of fun to watch. Yep, interesting. Todd, let's jump over to you. EPL, really quick. Give us an EPL update. We got a couple things to talk about: Liverpool, uh, Man City, and Man U. Well, Mike uh, slipped by a reference earlier. Um, he, he said. Uh, Something in a better day than Jordan Pickford. Jordan Pickford, who's the keeper for Everton, he's also the English national team um, goalkeeper, uh, gave up six goals against Tottenham. Um, so, rough day. Um, I didn't see the game. Wow. Wait, were they playing against a Big 12 defense? What, what? <laughs> oh. Wow. 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 I like it. I like it. Yeah, six goals in soccer is crazy. Um, and I was also looking up, apparently, there, there was more to it in the game. I didn't see it. Um, but but what, a, what a bad day for uh, – well, Mike, jump in there. Mike, we had Dave Dillenschneider last week jumping with some EPL knowledge. Yeah, Jordan just made a really bad decision. Uh, he came out to uh, – to, to get the ball, he ran into one of his own players. And yeah. so um, Tottenham just went right around and scored a great goal. But uh, he, he was just – it was a terrible decision. And that kind of just got Tottenham started, and, and uh, they were they were just lit it up after that. 
Yeah, that's awesome. So Liverpool, Sean, still remains uh, unbeaten. Um, they were uh, neck and neck with Manchester City. Um, and Liverpool played on, I think, Friday, if I'm remembering correctly, and won Manchester. So they went four points up. Manchester City, with a victory, would have pulled to one point um, behind Liverpool, but they had a very, very rare home loss to Crystal Palace. They lost uh, 3-2. So Liverpool not only unbeaten four points uh, ahead in the table, um, and also of note, uh, Jose Marino, Bill, you're, you're uh, Manchester United. They, yeah. they uh, sacked is what they call, um, fired their, their skipper. Um, and he's won everywhere he's been. So this is, uh, this is kind of a big deal. Um, one thing about uh, uh, soccer that I've noticed, especially, they're quick to pull a trigger. Uh, managers do not last long. Um, so anyway, that was uh, pretty big uh, goings on. So yeah, watch that Liverpool team. They're, they're really good. Oh, calm down on Liverpool. Jeez, every week. <laughs> you know, Todd, it's a it's great, yeah. Old axiom and old axiom in business: um, hire slow, fire fast, right? Mm. Um, and you know, make sure you got the right people on the team. But if yeah, you don't, wow. don't, 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 don't let it stick around, right? Yeah, and he just seemed miserable. If you if you watch him, he literally seemed miserable. I don't know if uh, you know he's he's a Spaniard. I don't know if he didn't like the English culture, the English league, but he just absolutely seemed miserable at Manchester United. And Manchester U came out, and uh, I think they won five two yesterday. So mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, I think the players didn't like him. There was no chemistry. It was time to make a change. So Bill, Bill your team's Man Man City, right? No, no Man, Man U. U. Just, oh, you me once again, just a goofy thing happened in the late nineties, you know. And so okay. when something that happens, you stick with them, right? Oh, hey, we have a lady on the on the telly, so don't talk about all the goofy things that happened. I literally <laughs> have no idea as a soccer, so you guys can go. All. <laughs> all right, let's let's quickly jump jump onto the ice, uh, Bill. You're once again, gosh, you're Tampa Bay mm. Lightning, uh, leading the Atlantic. They're eight eight points up. They are the only team in the NHL with less than ten losses, and they only have seven. Um, everyone else has double digit losses. Um, just, I mean, obviously the team down there with, with, a, with, a, with the Buccaneers, obviously their season's done. Um, a lot of attention, a lot of the, you know, first story on the sports casts, uh, headlines on the newspapers has to be all lightning, right? Lots of lightning gear around town. You, you see a lot of lightning gear. Yeah. And yeah, they, they, they won seven in a row, lost one. Now they've won another. They're playing Edmonton, I think, as we speak. <clears throat> or, uh, you know, it's, it's East Coast, West Coast thing. So uh, they're they're on, they're on a roll. I mean, tons of offense and great goalkeeping. Yeah, it's amazing how that works. <clears throat> so um, we'll see if they can continue it. I mean, look, it's been a long time since they've, uh, um, you know, had the cup here in 04. So there's a lot of people yeah. that are excited. So we'll see. Played for, you know, played for the, the Eastern Finals last year. Yeah, uh, and Caps, Caps were, on, you know, it was their year, destiny, right? Speaking of the Caps, Metropolitan Division, Washington uh, plus two game or plus two points over Columbus. I bring up Columbus because they are the hottest team in the NHL right now with four-game winning streak. Um, not that that's a lot, um, but every single team in the, uh, in the bottom half of the Central and Pacific has a, a – losing streak going right now um in the central uh we have winnipeg four games up uh and pacific is sees calgary so two canadian teams leading the west um calgary's got a three-point lead uh quickly hit the nba uh in the east toronto and milwaukee uh are first and second with indiana and philadelphia uh short close behind two and a half games back uh Cavs in last place just a miserable dreadful team thank god the, the browns are doing something because that that team is bad. 
Bad. <laughs> uh, and out west, out west, you have a three, t- a t- kind of a virtual tie right now. Denver, Oklahoma City, and Golden State Warriors. So Golden State, not exactly the walk to the finals that we thought they were going to have. The West is going to be an interesting match. Um, and our, our Shea Brewers, our, our adopted team, Todd, uh, just three and a half back. So they go on a little run here uh, before the holidays. Who knows? Um, they could they could be right there in the thick of things as we get into the, uh, you know, all-star push, I guess we'd, we'd say, to sort of see where the teams sit. So did you guys see anything in the NBA this week that stood out? Uh, just the Lakers keep winning. And, <laughs> they're, oh, you know, they're, they, I just didn't expect that. I, I Look, maybe, yeah, I didn't, maybe I didn't either. seven or eight seed, but – they're working their way up to something like a four or five seed and being fairly comfortable. And, and uh, so that's the biggest shock to me is how well they're playing, how well, how quickly they put that together. And, and if they make a deal or two and pick up, say like a really good point guard, look out. I mean, they, they could have some fun this year. Damn hey, Bill, you, hey Bill, you may, you may know this. Um, you mentioned the Dodgers earlier um, and magic's the president of the Dodgers, right? Correct. He, uh, and it popped in my head. Have you ever seen a, a, a someone from a different sport, I guess cross over on the management side and do what he's doing. And does he have any say in the Lakers or is he just, I think uh, he's, he's, he's kind of work. He does. He has some input on both operations to be quite honest. I think it's amazing. Right. That right. Yeah. No, yeah. look, he's uh magic's a bright guy. Uh, so uh, we'll, you know, we'll see. And if, I think if, if, if uh, LeBron keeps talking the way he's talking, you know, like would, would he want to play with Anthony Davis? What did he say? He said, of course I would. And all the tampering stuff came out, but I love the way he handled it in a press conference. Then after the next game, he just looked at the people and said, what are you, what are you talking about tampering? He goes, ask me right now if I want to play with, and he rattled off 12 people. Ask me right now if I want to play with Kevin Durant. Ask me. And so the reporter said, would you want to play with Kevin Durant? He goes, of course I want to play with Kevin Durant. It can't be tampering if it's not a, if it, if it's not a uh, C-suite person. It's got to be Correct. like players yeah. can talk all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, players talk yeah. all the time. So it, it yeah. was very funny. Look, LeBron, LeBron, and I, I think, Todd, your question, I think Magic, when he walks in the room, the credibility he has, and I think he's probably, you know, in those sports conversations, he kind of is the godfather. Like yeah. we're, mm-hmm. all gonna, we're all going to let him talk before anyone makes a decision. Yeah. Um, we're at least going to hear what he has to say, right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay, All Shay, right, there you go. There's our NBA talk. That's just exactly. You, All right. <laughs> now stay, stay tuned, Shay. Uh, we want to talk NCAA hoops really quick. Bill, I want to give the mic to you. Your Arizona State Sun Devils played a big Ooh. game against Kansas. Number one ranked Kansas Jayhawks last night in Arizona State. Not sure what the arena is called. Uh, well, it's Wells Fargo Arena on campus right, right next to the uh, stadium, uh, Sun Devil Stadium. Yeah, I mean, look, Bobby Hurley is the real deal. He came in there. He's it's his third, fourth season, I think, and he is he's making a difference. Uh, players are buying in. Uh, that's the first time that the uh, Sun Devils have beaten a number one ranked team at home at Wells Fargo. So big game, eighty seventy six was the final. So, did you watch any of it, Bill? No, but you know, I was I was watching football. Uh, I saw I the highlights. I'll, I'll tell you what they were. I think four or five times down by double digits in the mm. second. Mm. And they continued to persevere, fought back, worked, you know, no one, no one panicked. It was a, based on the highlights, at least the way ESPN laid it out, it was a really, really great performance. Um, and didn't, it wasn't a fluky win. Let's just say that. No, They're nine and two, right? They're, they're playing well. They're ranked 18th in the country. They'll that'll obviously go up a little bit with the, with that win. Uh, no, but I, I got a text from my son. Did you see the game? And I'm like, oh, I'm missing something. <laughs> what did I miss? And uh, he was watching in D.C. So he, uh, 
he's a, he's a grad from uh, ASU. So he was very excited. And, and right now it's, uh, you know, Herm Edwards did okay on the football side, but, but Bobby Hurley's the stud on campus right now, big man on campus. So nice. Uh, Big in the big um, kind of the, the the big matchup. You had Ohio State, UCLA. Ohio State wins that one, and then UK, uh, Kentucky, nineteenth uh, ranked Kentucky, which sounds weird to say, uh, but they beat number nine number nine UNC in a pretty dominant game. They they kind of led uh, that game almost from start to finish. Um, Ohio State wins to go eleven and one. Uh, don't look now, but the Buckeyes kind of out of nowhere. Uh, although a lot of local fans, uh, that means my brother. Um, <laughs> not so fast, my friend. Wait till they get into Big Ten play. Which just, I just want to segue um, as we as we head into the NFL talk uh, and then get into our showdown between Mike and Alyssa. Um, January fifth. Today is as we're recording this, December twenty third. Um, January fifth is the next matchup of top twenty five teams in in NCAA basketball. Obviously, they go quiet over the next week or so with the bowl games and. Um, you know, just get ready for the new year. But Michigan State plays Ohio State on the fifth, and uh, Florida State plays at UVA. Uh, so that's mm. two matchups of top twenty teams. And then January sixth, you see two Big Ten matchups in the top twenty-five: Indiana, Michigan, Nebraska, Iowa. So we'll turn our attention a little more to basketball. Mike and Alyssa, really quick, any anything we should be looking for from Oklahoma and Alabama on the basketball courts? Or are they um, is all attention on football right now, and the teams are going to be probably middle of the SEC and and, and Big Twelve? What's basketball? Yeah, I, <laughs> hit the nail on the head right there. No, um, I, I think, honestly, I, I follow Oklahoma basketball loosely um, just as an Oklahoma alum. But, uh, yeah, my attention's on football right now. Okay. Mike? I, I, I'm the, kind of the same. Just, I follow the basketball team pretty loosely. But I know they. I think we just won a game uh, against Penn State. It uh, looks like, and I think we're like 8-3 and three or something on the season so far. So, we'll see what happens when we get into league play so the true alabama fans were just like suck that joe paterno <laughs> right where's the edit button uh, damn it I thought, <laughs> where's my, where's my, all right. where's my all button right. we're, we're on a seven second delay you're okay sean i caught that let's, <laughs> let's talk uh, let's talk let's talk nfl boys um let's start with you bill the oh. game of the the game of the day that you saw um and then we'll go around the horn, kind of pick our, our game, then we'll hit the highlights, and we'll talk about the, uh, the playoffs because we are week 16, two games away from being in the books. Um, we have get the game going on tonight. And then I forget who plays tomorrow. Who's? Uh, I can get that in a minute, Sean. Uh, yeah, pull it up. But, Bill, what, what game caught your attention today? Uh, it's got to be Saints-Steelers, right? I, I, I am not a Steelers fan. It's just a, <laughs> I got a problem with people that – never lived in Pittsburgh being massive Pittsburgh fans. That happens a lot with teams like that. And I just know a few have rubbed me the wrong way over the last, I don't know, 45 years of my life. And so, um, yeah, so it was great to see the Steelers uh, really have Drew Brees be Drew Brees. Uh, great touchdown by Michael Thomas late in the game. Uh, and then to uh, have the Steelers driving to, to actually get a, hopefully at least a, from, their, from their perspective, a game-tying field goal. But to have uh, uh, Smith Schuster, Schuster Smith, whatever Schuster, that kid yeah, is, yeah. just that unbelievable play by the uh, by the Saints defense to, to strip that ball away without letting him uh, hit the ground. It was awesome, and and so now you've got the Steelers needing help to get in the playoff. They they are now the uh, they're outside. They're not in the top six. And if the Ravens win next week, uh, I think the Steelers are done. So 
I don't know. It just makes me happy. I, I just can't stop smiling tonight. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a, that was a solid game, you know, back and forth. Oh, uh, 30, 31, 31, 28. Uh, Todd, how about you? What game had your attention? Um, a lot of really good games today, Sean. Um, <laughs> what smacked me in the head this morning was Cleveland was a 10 point favorite. I mean, when's the last time you, you heard that, right? 10 point yeah. favorite. And, and I believe and a backdoor win by the Bengals, right? Backdoor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Backdoor cover for sure. Yeah. But yeah. still just to see Cleveland as a 10 point favorite, I was like, what? Um, so this is what's great about the NFL. I guess everyone's playing for their jobs, right? I mean, who would have thunk that the Jets Packers would be a good game. That was an overtime game. Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, and uh, I think he had two rushing TDs and three passing. Um, but, um, you know, Philly, Houston, just a, a lot of really good games out there. So. How yeah, about you, Sean? And, well, I, I watched Bengals Browns at battle of Ohio. Um, you know, it's, you know, when the Browns break out the all Brown uniforms, uh, and, and look, the Browns were up 23 to three and 26 to 10, and they just kind of fell asleep and, you know, um, had a fumble and then gave up a touchdown with a, you know, a, a two point conversion. And then that, you know, I, it got closer than it should have been. And I, I'm not sure if the Browns were just looking at it as a win, but you know, they, they knew they were eliminated from the playoffs yesterday. They were, you know, Think about this, guys. A team that hadn't won more than one game in the last three years. Uh, for the last three weeks, when they showed the, the playoff scenario of the AFC on the screen, the Browns were still on the right side of the – In the, in the hunt. hunt, yeah. You know, and that's just kind of cool that they, you know, literally until yesterday uh, were, were still in the hunt. Um, once, <laughs> once, once Baltimore beat the Chargers, which, Bill, we maybe want to circle back to that game because that was a oh. kind of surprising – Twenty-two ten yeah. there, but uh, that that Browns game was just fun to watch, and and we'll we'll talk Alyssa in a little bit about um, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray back to back Heisman's. Baker Mayfield is a real deal, man. I you know you can look all you want and say like oh they should have taken Josh or they should have taken Sam Darnold. They clearly made the right that. choice. Yeah, yeah, they clearly right. made the right choice. I mean, everyone loves to hate Baker Mayfield until he's playing for their team. Exactly. I mean, that's how I felt last year as an Oklahoma fan. Listen, listen, (laughs) listen. What you just said, that's sports, right? When when Albert Bell played for the Indians, Indians fans loved him. The second he went to the White Sox, he's a cheater. Dennis Rodman at the the, – you know, Dennis Rodman and Bill Lambeer. You put those guys on your team, you'll take them. You'll take Christian Leitner on your team. There's so many players you love to hate that you would love. And Baker Mayfield is just one of those guys that, look, he is – he's going to find a way and people say he's too short. Well, tell that to Drew Brees, right? Um, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Not only is he an extremely talented football player, he's also just a competitor at heart. I mean, Mm. he will put the team on his back to find the way and help carry them. And I think, I mean, what he's done in Cleveland is (laughs) I'll tell you (laughs) as an Oklahoma fan, when I saw him get, drafted first and go to the Browns I was like oh that's really a bummer that his career is dying in Cleveland like so many years yeah but I really brought that city alive and brought that team alive and knowing way, what I'm you know that other people could knowing what you know about him isn't it cool that he went to Cleveland because if he would have gone to like the LA Rams or the Chargers he's, he's not an LA kid he's he's that gritty hard-working blue-collar like you could see him in Pittsburgh, you could see him in in, in Green Bay. 
Green yeah, Bay. Yeah, I mean, he loved it. He ate it up. And I think, I mean, like you look at past drafts where people got, um, you know, drafted to teams that they didn't necessarily want to go to. Um, you know, it didn't go over as well. But I think, like, that is who he is. He is gritty. Yeah, that, that, and the town he, is – the town and the whole state. Yeah, all of Browns Nation is really – Really loving him. But let's let's circle back to, to that game yesterday, that that Ravens Chargers game. Were you surprised yeah. by that? Yeah, a little bit. I, I but, was but too. Then again, look, the Ravens have the best defense in football, right? They're three third against the rush, third against the pass. Chargers were at full strength. They got Melvin Gordon back. Um, and Phillip just never really got in sync. Although I'll tell you what, I mean, it was a six point game, Chargers driving in in Ravens territory when uh, um, Gates was stripped uh, once again of a fumble. Uh, it gets turned over uh, and you know and scooped and scored for a, a basically we'll call it a twelve point turnaround because they they tried to go for two and didn't get it so that that really was the difference in the game I mean they're driving down to, in a typical Philip fashion early in the fourth quarter to try and take a lead in that game uh, and and the uh, Lamar Jackson's fun to watch mm-hmm. really fun to watch I mean that's it, the first time I got a chance to watch him um, you know at, at length in a game uh, but I think the Chargers defense played really really well right. 22 points uh they only give up 16 of them so i think that chargers defense with philip playing well it's going to be fun to watch him in the fc playoff games if you're a charger fan which you guys now know i'm not because they're todd, todd wait i was gonna todd before we go to you did you hear I, we can probably rewind the tape but bill said we've got mel we got melvin gordon back he said we yes. got melvin gordon, gordon back. yes Hey, just take the boy out of San Diego Chargers. You know, take the Elliott Chargers out of the boy. It's 40 something years I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> deal with here. When, kind of wean it when, out. When the Spanos weasels took the Chargers I, to Los Angeles for nothing more than money. So I think I think Bill is fueled by his hatred of teams more than his love. I am. It's, it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> I think you love to hate teams more than you heard this before, but maybe Alyssa and Mike haven't. I, I'm that guy who grew up in San Diego, then lived in Phoenix, and now live in Tampa, St. Pete, where when you go to a home game here, over half the crowd's rooting for the visiting team because everybody leaves their godforsaken places and comes to these paradises I lived in. And as a sports fan in paradise, it is the price you pay. It is always going to be filled with a ton of carpetbaggers who roll into your town and use your stuff, okay, maybe contribute to the economy, and then root for their teams. So I've made it a promise since I was a little kid. I said, if I ever leave San Diego, I'm going to root for the team where I live. And do you know how tough that's been? Because I lived in Phoenix for 17 freaking years. That was the, okay, one good year, but then, you know, Ben... Big Ben supposedly completed that pass to San Antonio Holmes in the end zone for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And then, and then I move here. So I've got the Bucks uh, and the Rays. It's just not. But you're forgetting. I lived in D.C. where, like, Nats games only used to sell out when the Phillies were in town. True. Like, right. nobody used to go to Nats games because they were Nats fans until they started winning. And then True. everybody hopped on the bandwagon. The same the thing be- happened with the Cats. Dallas Green said it best. The best form of marketing in professional sports is winning. That doesn't <laughs> yeah. make the marketing department very happy because they're busting their ass trying to get people in, <laughs> sell, sell sponsorships. Yeah. But it's, it's all about winning. Hey, yeah. Your table's ready. Bitter party of one. Sorry. Bitter. <laughs> hey, Sean knew he was going to get that out of me. I he did. I, yeah, hey, I set it up. hey, Sean, before you wrap up NFL, NFL did anyone <laughs> watch the Washington-Tennessee game at all? I saw the end of it, yeah. So hypothetically, uh, <laughs> hypothetically. a 14 – a 14 parlay where you have Tennessee in the over 
That was the most unbelievable finish. Literally. Oh, the pick six at the end, yes. Yeah. The pick six at the end. It was, it was 38. The over-under is 38, so slam dunk over. And then, unfortunately, you have the Chargers in the over, and both those don't hit. So, oh, terrible. Hey, and one last thing. Hypothetically. The, the uh, kicker for the, car, for the uh, Falcons, you saw the yes. play, right? No, uh, he had no. tackle on the kick. Oh, 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 the punter. The punter laid yeah, him out. He, he kicks off. Like, he's a punter, but he does He's a kickoff kick in pinner. Yep. Yeah, yep. so it was on the kickoff. Yep, uh, that was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. my God. One of the best tackles ever by a kicker. I'm sure he's gotten texts from The fact him. that he kind of held him up and then threw him down. He, it, was like a, it was like a, some kind of a WWE move. Suplex, yeah. He just, just thrashed him. It was great. So anyway, I, I, I find, reckon, that, find that on Twitter. Just type in Falcons kicker. It's awesome. Since we have Mike here, I reckon that he played free safety in high school. <laughs> <laughs> So really quick, right now, playoffs in the NFL, as it stands right now, uh, Kansas City is, I think, a lock for the – they are Uh, guaranteed the number one seed, right? Charger fans, not me, but Charger fans would say, "Eh, (laughs) it's not over yet. Okay, well – Someone hug Bill, please. Seattle's up up 14-10 on the Chiefs. Kansas City, New England locks up the two seed with Houston's loss at the last second there to Philadelphia. So, uh, not lock up the two seed, but in the two seed right now. Houston and Baltimore are your division leaders. Uh, wild card is Chargers and Indy right now with Tennessee and Pittsburgh on a very far yeah. outside uh, a chance. Um, Pittsburgh needs to beat Pittsburgh needs to not only beat Cincinnati next week and have Baltimore lose to Cleveland. I think they need two other things to happen yeah. uh, because of that tie on that first game of the season. Over in the over in the NFC, uh, New Orleans I think today locked up home field advantage all the right? way through. Yep. Yep. Uh, Rams in second. Uh, Chicago and Dallas are your division leaders right now. Seattle and Minnesota are your wild cards, um, and Philadelphia kind of on the far, far outside need needs help. a lot of help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hat, hat, t- hat tip to the Patriots social media team. You see what they did today? Yes, loved it. Yeah, it was very cool. Sent a very nice thank loved you. Loved it. Finally, <laughs> Nick Foles. We're the- happy to cheer for you. Yes, <laughs> right, exactly. That was cool. Hey, Sean, with uh, uh, with um, New Orleans, the Rams, and the Bears. I mean, advantage NFC, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're although New Orleans defense is just certainly. I mean, a New Orleans, Kansas City, a New Orleans, New England Super Bowl is going to be the over. Take the over. Super right? Bowl's in the dome, and it's in the uh, MBS Mercedes Benz Stadium here in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you got what? What? Uh, yeah, I and mean, that's true. But Houston dome team. I I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I'd lead NFC if I had about today. Um, We'll Take see. the NFC field. Um, hold on. All right, let's get our let's get our guests in here in, in a second. Let's let's turn it to college football. Uh, we're going to hit on some bowls. We're going to right now in the in the stare down bowl pool. Once again, not a surprise. Bill, Bill Shut, Risser. I'm shocked. Wait, let me sit down. Hold on. Through 15 games, Bill is 13 and two. He was on an 11 game winning streak until until the uh, the loss by Hawaii. Uh, Shea with 12 and three. Todd 10 and five. Still on the outskirts. Fake news. That's uh, fake news. <laughs> Sean, Sean, Sean bringing up the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, eight and seven. Uh, eight, seven, and one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, you're over 500. That's listen, proud uh, Army, Army yesterday. The 70 points. Interesting wow. matchup. This, the team that the slowest moving team as far as number of plays per game versus Houston, the fastest moving team based on number of plays per game. Um, that was a mismatch. Uh, Army beat down. Houston, 70 to 21? 70 to 14. 14, yeah. Um, I don't know. Did you guys catch the Wake-Memphis game? 
Well, first of all, talk, talk about the Army stats. How, they were four for four passing. With four for four passing. Four yeah, for four. They were four for four in passing, and they ran for 507 <laughs> yards rushing. That's pretty good, huh? I mean, that is, that is like a, a fiction. You can do that in a video game, you know? It was just Tecmo Bowl? Um, I've done it in Tecmo Bowl. Yeah. Someone, someone had a great tweet. It said, um, Ed Oliver watched this game with seven coats on in his living room. <laughs> oh, nice. I don't know if you saw like, the, you know, the big scuffle when he was, had the coat on. Yeah. Um, Todd, let's talk about the Wake-Memphis game. Uh, I didn't realize you were – you had sent me a wow, 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 back-to-back-to-back to back to back <laughs> text. Yeah. And I didn't realize you were talking about that. I thought you were talking about the Buffalo song that you had sent earlier in the text thread. Um, what, a, what a last five minutes in that game, huh? Yeah, just um, – it's perfectly legit, right? The icing the kicker. Um, you know, I get it. But so this <laughs> Memphis needs to kick the field goal uh, to, to win, right? Or is it, was it to put it in overtime? Who's put, put it overtime? Put it in overtime. Put it in time. So uh, you trot out this 19-year-old kid. Well, like, first of all, Memphis gets, a, Memphis gets a false start first. Then sure. they, yeah. So anyway, again, this kid's barely shaving. He nails uh, two, um, but they're, they, they freeze him and call timeout. And sure as shooting, he uh, he kicks it wide right on the go. And you just felt for the guy. Obviously, if you're a um, – who was Memphis playing again? I'm drawing a blank. Wake um, Forest. Wake Forest. Wake Forest. If you're a demon deacon, you're, you're loving it. You're, you're screaming. <laughs> but if you have no skin in the game other than the stare down pool, you're just looking at that, that kid. Just He couldn't believe he missed it, right? It just because just you want a bonus football, right? You just want a bonus football. No, yeah. I this is a dad who's got a son wondering about that. <laughs> so right, there's right. some dad somewhere. It's just crushing. It's just cr- – yeah, yeah, for the rest of his life, he's like, God, two of them, I split the uprights. Couldn't be more perfect. Yeah. And the one that counted just sailed right. So don't bet. I was just like, wow, wow, wow. wow. Remember, remember, uh, remember Peyton Manning talking about Mike Vanderjet? It's a kicker. Yes. He's a kicker. Already listening to kicker. So interesting. Um, I, I might need to pull this up. Uh, the over-under on that game was 72, right? Wow. And it was uh, – I need to pull it up. But they scored six points in the third quarter, 13 points in the fourth quarter, and they had 71. So that field goal, there's a lot of uh, uh, under and over gamblers that were very either happy or, uh, or miserable right there. So Hypothetically, right? Hypothetically. <laughs> and that's, that coming, is for coming sure. Coming from an Oklahoma fan, field goals can break hearts. So earlier in the season <laughs> – I, I feel for them as well. <laughs> so, so it was, it was 28-24 at half. That's, what, 50, uh, 52 points? And then it was 6 uh, nothing in the third quarter, 7-6 in, in the fourth. Wow, just unbelievable. Yeah, and that 7-6 in the fourth was the, literally the last, like, um, 30 second, last minute and a half of the game. I don't think Memphis had an offensive touchdown after minute, like, three of the first quarter. I mean, all their right. scoring was, was, was pretty fluky. Yeah, so. definitely. Um, 14 games before next week's stare down, 14 games between tonight mm. and next week's stare down, uh, which is the second to last game, second to last day of the year. Um, I just want to hit on two really quick. Um, just because I, I forgot Shay wasn't going to be on with us tonight, but music city bowl, Purdue and Auburn. Mm. Uh, and so we can, you know, just obviously sec, big 10, uh, Tyler Trent, uh, still Tyler strong, right. So trucking along, um, Todd, do you want to, any thoughts on the peach bowl? Three of Michigan's stars, Langdon uh, and their two defensive stars, are out of the game. Uh, two are just sitting because they don't want to risk injury, and one that's nursing an injury from the Ohio State game. Um, you know, obviously that. 
Yeah, I, I just think this game um, means more to Florida than it does Michigan. Um, lifetime, what are we? Uh, four and three. Four? Own three. Own three. Never beat them. Um, Michigan, other than the, the you know the Ohio State game, you know what a great season for them, right? They they stumbled early against Notre Dame, ran the table, um, then lost to uh, Urban Meyer. But to me, this just um, I think Florida does it, even though they're they're uh, an underdog for sure. Um, but I just think if, if Florida can find a way to win this game, what a great first season. Hugely successful double-digit double season for Dan Mullen. Um, recruiting class, uh, outstanding. I, I just – I think Florida wins. And I'm putting on my homer hat a little bit, but I think uh, Florida wins. All right. We'll recap it next week, or maybe we'll do a emergency uh, start down. <laughs> Who knows? Break glass. Uh, we have to break glass. Last, last, last uh, <laughs> college football before we get to the Orange Bowl. Uh, what? Urban what Meyer. Urban Meyer announced as the new assistant athletic director at Ohio State. Also announced he'll be coaching or he'll be teaching a class next year at the Ohio State University on leadership and character. Mm. Just like to open up the conversation to anyone who wants to, ch- to chime in. Uh, we, once again, two people on the on the podcast here who benefited from Urban Meyer's coaching, and I think at the time we're very happy to have had Urban Meyer as our coach. I I tell everybody, especially here in Columbus. Um, I was very happy with what he did as a coach. Uh, I felt he had Tebow and Percy Harvin and a lot of great players to help win those championships, but um, I won't give them back. But I do question some of the ethics and the uh, persona of Urban Meyer. Uh, Todd, let's start with you as a fellow Gator. Now, I'd, love to, I'd love to get Mike as a competitor, someone who lo- whose team's lost to Urban uh, for years and then finally, finally beat him. Alyssa, someone who obviously watched and as, as a, college football fan who's, who's seen the um, fingers and accusations pointed at teams about cheating and not playing fair. And then Bill just as, as kind of the outsider into the, into the SEC. Now, Todd, what are your thoughts on urban uh, being, becoming an assistant athletic director and teaching a character leadership class? So um, I echo your, your previous sentiments um, being a, a Florida alumnus. Um, so I'm the first to raise my hand and, and please stop me if I'm going on and on. Cause I could probably talk for a long time. I'm the first to raise my hand. I'm, I'm a, a flawed individual. Everyone lies. Um, white lies. Urban Meyer is to, in my opinion, he is just a pathological liar. Um, you know, he, he's quitting coaching for health reasons and less than a month later, he's taking on an athletic director position. I mean, instead of in charge of one program, now he's in charge of, of 50 programs, right? Athletic director. And a course. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sorry? And a course, and he's teaching. Yeah, yeah and, he's, <laughs> and he's being a teacher. So it's just, I don't trust him um, at all. I think he's opportunistic. I think he says what he, I think he motivates his team and says what he, what he wants that benefits him. So, um, you know, I respect him as a coach. I mean, you can't, God, what do you go, like 90 and seven at Ohio state. Uh, he won f- two national championships for Florida. Um, we're looking back at that team. Um, <laughs> there, there's some, some, we used to make fun of Miami, uh, Sean Previn thugs on the team. We, we, had, we had our fair share. Um, but anyway, um, I, I, I didn't want to go down a rabbit hole. I just don't trust the guy. And, um, again, the reasons that he's quitting for health reasons, he's taken on a pretty stressful, stressful job. So, and, and he, bemoaned the university for suspending him. Um, you know, if he owned up and said, yeah, I made a really bad decision and I should have done this, but you know, he just, 
I just don't trust them. So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stop there. Mike, let's go to you as someone who obviously you, you look back at Alabama's record over the last, uh, let's, let's go back to when urban came to Florida, you know, in uh, 03, um, not, not many losses on your side of the slate aren't to Florida. Um, That's right. There's, there's only really a few. There's, there's an Auburn one here. There's a Texas A&M one here. There's a, you know, um, there's not a lot of teams that you've lost to in the last decade and a half that weren't to Urban Meyer. Well, especially since, uh, you know, Nick Saban became the coach in 2007. But, you know, you think about the 2008 season in Florida had won the national championship, I think, in 06. And yep. then uh, they, they won it again in, in 08. We went undefeated, played them 1v2 in the SEC championship game. And then they went on to win. I think that was the year. Was that the year that Tim Tebow did his speech or was it the next year, 09? It was 08. Yeah, Mississippi gets Yeah, 2009, we played them again. And, and you made him uh, cry. You made Tebow cry in 09. Made Tebow cry. But, <laughs> you know, I look back and, and what I remember about that is, you know, where Florida was. Florida was, you know, under Urban. I had a tremendous amount of respect, you know, for him at that time. Thought he was one of the best coaches and, uh, with what he had done, uh, was it at Utah where he was yeah. before? Yeah. When he, before Bowling he Green, Bowling Green, and Utah. then Bowling Green. Yeah, I mean he was uh, so definitely. But when he, like you guys have already said, when he, you know, says, you know, I'm having health issues, stepping down from coaching, and then, you know, th- then he's out for what a year, and he's the head coach at Ohio State one year later. I mean, you know, um, and, and then again, this time going to, you know, and now he's going to be the athletic director. And then the, what happened with his assistant coach? I mean, it's just kind of as just looking from afar, kind of had him here and then, you know, a, a little higher. And, and at his the, some of the things he's done it just kind of changed my opinion of him uh, over that time. So, yeah. Alyssa, what's your what's your take? You're you're an Oklahoma fan through it, born or bred sooner. Wait, was it sooner? Sooner, sooner born, born, sooner, sooner bred, and when she when dies, she dies. Sooner dead. Yeah, but but you're also a college. You're you're a true college sports fan. We, you and I have talked many many nights college sports at, at real estate conventions and things like that. What what was what's your take from where you're at? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a really odd choice by Ohio State. Um, hmm. It's um, you know, I I agree with Todd. I think we're all flawed individuals. I believe in second chances, but as athletic director and professor seems like an odd (laughs) chance, Um, especially given the circumstances surrounding everything that happened with him this year, Um, teaching, I guess the youth of America um, about ethics and leadership and things like that just seems um, a little bit backward to me. But again, I'm not um, in that decision-making spot, but yeah, I just, I don't, I don't really understand the logic behind it. I don't see what anyone gains from it. Um, I'm sure he does have a whole lot to offer to others, but um, that does not seem like a solid choice. Yeah. Some great jokes on Twitter, you know, losing, yeah. uh, deleting text 101, um, <laughs> forgetting history instead of teaching history. Uh, you know, it's very interesting. So we'll see. Uh, once again, he's a he's he's one of the best best coaches we've seen in college football in the last 20 years, um, recruiting and, and game wise and, and record wise. Um, we'll see what happens. All right, let's get to it. We have two guests on tonight. Uh, we had two great guests on last week. David and David did a fantastic job breaking down and representing their teams. This is the Orange Bowl. We have the the number one seed Alabama Crimson Tide coming in 13 and 0 SEC champions. The versus, upstarts. The upstarts right? versus the number four seed Oklahoma Sooners. <laughs> Big 12 champions. They come in 12 and one. 
avenging their only loss against Texas Longhorns. Uh, let me just let me just set this game up. And this is this is when you look at this on paper, uh, could be a fun one. Uh, Oklahoma comes in the number one team in scoring in the NCAA, 49.5 points per game, first in the NCAA. Alabama comes in, 47.9 points per game, second in the NCAA. Uh, Todd, quickly, what is the over in this game? Can you look that one up? Um, 750. <laughs> 750, yes. It's, gonna so, be a, it's, it's 77, and the spread is Alabama by 14. 7 and 14. Um, now, here's the interesting thing. Um, Alabama, defense. Giving up 14.8 points per game, fourth in the NCAA. Oklahoma, giving up 30, 32.4 points per game, 96 out of 130 in the NCAA. Is that per quarter it. or per game? <laughs> oh. so, Shot number two. Let's just start. Uh, we'll go. We'll go. We'll go number one seed first. Normally, good ladies first, but, no. but Mike, just give us your overall like. Uh, just your thoughts on the matchup, and then we'll break down the offense defense like we did last week with David and David. Just your overall thoughts on when you saw the announcement. When you, in fact, let me ask you this: When you were before Sunday's um, selection show, did you have a choice? Did you did you care if it was Ohio State, Oklahoma? Were you looking for the rematch against uh, Ohio State? Were you looking for the uh, you know the the Oklahoma matchup? What was your thoughts? And just set up the game. Then we'll ask Alyssa her thoughts. Then we'll break down offense defense. So when they announced uh, Oklahoma, I was actually really happy about the matchup. Just um, I'm excited to see uh, they have an outstanding offensive line. Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, winning the Heisman, you know, obviously the number one offense. They're uh, the receivers there. And I keep going back to the offensive line, but I truly am excited to watch the matchup of Oklahoma's offensive line and our defensive, our front seven um, with, uh, you know, our defensive line and linebackers to see um, what kind of pressure we can get on Kyler Murray. That's just going to be really, really interesting. And then can our secondary cover those receivers? You know, what is it uh, that Hollywood, uh, what's the Hollywood, Hollywood uh, assuming he's healthy uh, to play, you know, I want to see – you know, it's just exciting for to, to go against an offense as dynamic as what Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley and, you know, what, what those guys have done. Um, uh, you know, I do feel like – I feel like the we will be the best defense that they've played all year, but I also believe they will be, you know, hands down the best offense we've played all year. So it's going to be – it's just going to be really exciting to see that matchup. That's the first thing that, that really comes to the top for me. Awesome. Alyssa, for you, obviously, you know, going into that selection Sunday, you had, you spent the entire week beforehand as Oklahoma nation, as Sooner nation kind of arguing big 12 champ, uh, offending, avenging their only loss versus, you know, the Ohio state Buckeyes getting beat by 29 points at Purdue. Um, you know, so obviously when you saw the board come out and say Oklahoma is, is going to be in the playoffs, you, you had been thrilled, but then when you see Alabama on the other side, it's one of those, uh Oh, we want Bama until we, we get Bama and then, and then what happens? But you know, what, what was your initial thoughts? No, I mean, I didn't, I honestly didn't feel that way at all. I felt like um, you don't get to be the number four, number four team in the country by chance. Um, you know, I think that we are qualified to be there. I think we did avenge our only loss. I think we were far more consistent than Ohio state. I think we deserve to be there more than Georgia. Georgia had their chance multiple times. 
Um, and I think it, although it should not factor in, America only wants to see the same game played so many times. Um, and I think like Alabama has proved that they will beat Georgia, that they are the superior team. I think we honestly, I think we deserve to be there at number four. Okay. Um, Bill, Bill, Bill I, I saw you go Bill, ahead. Sorry. Bill, jump in there. I saw, I saw a little shimmer of a head shake. No, no. I, I think that, uh, you know, oh, my, my only thing was I, was, I wanted to throw the UCF joke somewhere in here. Like, <laughs> like really oh, worried about UCF if they got number four, but no. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Oh. Some, somebody had to make that joke but I think Mike made a really good point about that will be the best offense that they've seen and they'll be the best defense that we've seen and I think bottom line about this game is almost any critic is counting us out which is fair to do if that's how they want to do it but I also think playing Alabama or playing Oklahoma is all about endurance and you don't play in the big 12 without endurance. We have to play four quarters of games. And I would argue that Alabama didn't have to play four quarters of games. In fact, their quarterback rarely saw a fourth quarter all year. Um, And so that's something that I think that we have that advantage there. I think we have the endurance and the team that they saw with the most endurance was Georgia. And that's who played them most closely. Hey, Sean, um, first of all, I think, uh, I think Oklahoma's in the, the proverbial catbird seat, right? I mean, no one's expecting them to, to win. Um, and, and I don't, I don't think, you know, I could argue uh, against that, but, um, gosh. Oh, so as far as Oklahoma getting in, I think to me, and I, we, we, we've talked about this, I think Notre Dame, um, had more to worry about than Oklahoma getting in, but that, that, that was for a different show. Um, but I think, Hey, the Avengers are lost twelve and one. Um, forget all that. Let's uh, let's play the game, right? Right, right. All right. So I I agree with all that. I think um, you know, Alyssa, look, two people on this on this podcast. Uh, you know, when when Florida went to the desert to play Ohio State, that Troy Smith, you know, um, Ron Ginn, amazing Buckeye team. Had, no one, no one, gave, yeah. no one gave Florida a chance. Um, and 41-14. Yeah, it was a uh, and it was an epic beatdown. Um, Let's just—it doesn't. The game doesn't mean anything in ref, retrospect. But Alyssa, you were at the last time Oklahoma played Alabama. Um, I sure was. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, it was a game that that Alabama came in, <laughs> off, of Bowl, came in off of an SEC championship loss. Uh, might have been the year. Was it two thousand eight? Yeah, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Because yeah, we played uh, Utah that year. No, it was a few years uh, ago. Was, wow, that's a uh, fair. Uh, yeah. More yeah. recently 12? than that. Yeah. Twelve or thirteen. Twelve or thirteen. Twelve or and, unless 13, you were there. Thirteen after the um, kick six, I think. Yeah, oh, uh, that's oh, what it was. It was. It was when Cam Newton won. That's exactly yeah, what it was. Man. And so Alabama came in. You know, uh, Alabama can say we we didn't really care and blah blah blah. Um, but Alyssa, you were at that game. It was obviously a game that that Alabama fans probably weren't weren't. Um, they probably were. Uh, they, they probably weren't expecting to lose that game, right? Let's just say that. They were, I'm sure they were, came in a little hostile. I'm not sure a- that Alabama fans are ever expecting to lose. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't think I don't think that's how they go approach games or go into games. I don't mean that as like smack talking. That's I just think true. that's, yeah. so, that's, 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 where, that's where Oklahoma. Were, there were a lot of Alabama yeah. fans there that I'm not sure ever saw Alabama lose until that <laughs> time. Yeah. Them and, them and Patriots fans. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. So let's, let's talk. I'll just be over here. No big deal. <laughs> let's, let's talk. That's why I say it was. It was. You know. It was. None of these players on this roster were on, were at the school then. Uh, let's talk about the Orange Bowl. It's going to be eight o'clock on uh, Saturday night. It's coming up this Saturday night. Uh, 
we will have had the Peach Bowl that day. We have the Cotton Bowl. Uh, the the winning team in this Oklahoma Alabama game will know who they're going to play in the championship game. Should they come out victorious? Um, let's go offense defense. Let's Alyssa. I'll let you pick. Do you want to talk your offense or your defense? I, I let's talk our defense first. All right. Let's put let's put let's put a shorter conversation. That's okay. Let's, let's put, <laughs> so, so we're going to start then with with two attack Lavoa on on the offense. Uh, 3,053 yards passing, 37 touchdowns, four interceptions, and five rushing TDs. Um, Tua is not a bad player uh, when it comes to uh, – he. although, you know, what a, what a lot of people, including two people on this podcast, thought was going to be a walkaway Heisman Trophy winner, uh, comes in with a little chip on his shoulder maybe, uh, not just him but his teammates. Um, we saw that with Tim Tebow against Sam Bradford in, in Oklahoma in, in the championship game. All right, Mike, you, you've got the ball first. Why don't you break down what you think Alabama needs to do to make sure that they come out victorious in this game, and then, Alyssa, we're going to have you play defense. Sure. Well, I would like to see them ground it and pound it. You know, Najee Harris, <laughs> Damian Harris, Josh Jacobs, Brian Robinson. I would like for all, all four running backs and whoever's playing quarterback to get, you know, two of starts and, and can play. You know, I'd like for everybody to get 100 yards and seven-minute drives and keep uh, let Kyler Murray watch it from the sideline, but I know that's probably not what's going to happen. But um, I, I just Hold think- on. let me let me interrupt you, Mike. That's not going to happen because you think they're going to just score quickly against Oklahoma's defense, or do you think that they won't be patient enough to run those drives? I just think that uh, I, I think that we have a that I yeah I just think that we'll be have some explosive plays, and I, I don't think that that's you know um, I. I I wouldn't be surprised to see Coach Saban try to take the air out of the ball and just, you know, have some, you know, try to sustain some, you know, long drives. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I just think we have great receivers. I think Irv Smith could have a big game at tight end. Um, I, and I think that even if Tua is 100%, which, you know, I don't know that he'll be 100%, but if he's 90% and he starts and plays the game, I also think we'll see Jalen. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jalen and Tua on the field at the same time. We've seen a couple of those situations throughout the, you know, later in the season. And, um, you know, Jalen Hurts, I think, will be involved. And I think, uh, you know, he'll he'll get some touches. So, um, as far as – go ahead. No, so we got the initial game plan, ground and pound. Alyssa, talk to me a little bit about defense. Now I want to come back to some of your, your, your playmakers, Mike. Alyssa, what is the initial game plan for Texas's defense to keep this game? We've already handled Texas. Texas. Sorry. Texas. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Not Texas. Oklahoma. Okay. Yes. So um, Oklahoma, in terms of our defense, I think what a lot of people is like, if you look at us all season long, there's tons of ways to poke holes in our defense, except for the fact that our defensive coordinator got dismissed mid-season. And under our new defensive coordinator, we're also undefeated, um, pretty handedly undefeated as well. Um, and I think I've, what we've seen from our defense under this defensive coordinator has been better than what we've seen in years past. I mean, we got a safety, for Christ's sake. We haven't had a safety in like <laughs> 10 years, um, which is not a great thing for an Oklahoma fan to feel. But I think that's the big thing is now that we've had the time to prepare for the same team, like when a defensive coordinator comes in midseason and is going week to week and preparing for different offenses every season, I think he's in a much more difficult position. I'll be really interested to see 
how our defense can come out knowing that they're preparing for Alabama. But I also think the hardest part about preparing for Alabama is you're really preparing for two teams because you are preparing for Tua and you are preparing for Jalen. Um, and you have to. There's no way you can't. Um, and I think that's the, that's the threat that they have that nobody else that we're going to see does. Mike, you rattle off your, your, your running backs, uh, very, very stout, you know, three, four deep in the backfield and then add the legs of, of Tua and or Jalen Hurts, but your receiver core, man, J- Jerry Judy, oh. Jalen Waddle, uh, Henry Riggs, Devonte Smith. And then, oh yeah, by the way, toss in also Irv Smith. Um, one of the most impressive looking, and, and you guys have had a lot of good tight ends. Um, but you can really, really spread the field. And I'm talking underneath with strength and deep with, with speed. Um, you've got to like that, that, that stable of receivers you have. Well, I think that uh, definitely, and I think that's what Tua brings to the table, that is he is so capable of putting the ball in any player's hands on the field. I mean, he, he can find the receiver. Uh, he can, you know, find that third and fourth read. He can throw the deep ball. He's he's extremely accurate. Um, just you know, and I think that going back to the beginning of the season, I heard Kirk Kirk Herbstreet talking about you know giving a lot of compliments to Tua. Just you know the fact that um, he makes your you know offense so much better. I mean, one of the struggles with Jalen last year was he you know I think teams knew he couldn't stretch the stretch stretch them down the field. And uh, so it, it made us just a little bit one-dimensional. And, you know, with Tua, it's, it's not like that at all. And, and you've got playmakers everywhere. Like you said, the wide receivers, uh, you know, and got a pretty good offensive line. You know, I'm not uh, – so, yeah. Alyssa, let me ask you, you know, you probably know Oklahoma – obviously you know Oklahoma better than anyone on this, on this call. Do they win this game defensively? by stopping the run or stopping the pass? What, what is their pick the poison type, type game? I think, I mean, I think first off, they have to stop the pass. And I think with Tua, it's actually, they have the ability to stop the pass. I think Tua is an incredibly talented quarterback, but where I think his biggest um, kind of vulnerability is, which was showed when they played Georgia, is when he looks way too hard for something that's not there. Um, and he's prone to still try, even if it's not there and can tend to kind of screw up in those situations that said I mean we have to stop him either way because Nick Saban's not an idiot he's going to coach him either way so if we stop the pass he's going to the run or vice versa um so I think it's really important that we can focus all around where I would like to see his focus is on the run because I think that that's where they're going to go for first okay and we saw that against uh Notre Dame you know go back to the BCS game a few years ago Really, the run was established very early. Uh, Todd and Bill, jump in. Any thoughts on Alabama offense versus Oklahoma defense? Any thoughts that you just have off the off the top of your head that you want to see, Todd? Um, yeah. Um, so after fourteen games, um, we're all in sales, right? So numbers, we're all driven by numbers uh, every day. Um, numbers don't lie. So after fourteen games, I think you hit on the head, Alabama you know, fourth most efficient offense, Oklahoma 96 defense. Um, you know, hey, there's a possibility this could be a track meet. Um, Oklahoma could win. Stranger things have happened. And I say that because it's a 14-point spread, and Alabama is just looking unbeatable. I mean, Georgia gave them a little bit of a tough time, but they're just looking unbeatable. So 
Um, my, my initial thought is I, I fully expect Alabama to do well. Um, the fan in me would love to see Oklahoma make it a, a great game, right? Who, who, whoever wins, kind of kind of like the SEC championship game. Georgia made a good game. I think everybody thought the same thing, though, last year in terms of the Rose Bowl. Everybody mm-hmm. had counted Oklahoma out and thought mm-hmm. Georgia was going to walk all over us. And frankly, I think that was a better game than the national championship game, not only because I'm an Oklahoma fan, because I'm a football fan. Yeah. Yeah, that was an unbelievable game. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, talk about an ebb and flow where each team had the momentum three or four times in that game. Uh, that's a fun one to watch. Bill, how about you? What's your thoughts? Just, just when you talk Alabama on offense, yeah. Oklahoma defense. So watching, you know, Tua operate against a, we'll just call it a, um, you know, a, a, not a top tier defense, you know, this season, it's been, he tears them apart. It's, you know, Mike, you talked about it when you have three or four different quality receivers working out into patterns, he finds open guys. And when they, when I say open, they're not just open because he squeezes the ball in there. They're open by five yards. There's no one within five yards of them because they've, you know, work to scheme a certain way. So that that would be terrifying for me if I was an Oklahoma fan, right, Alyssa, that if that starts happening, that's that's going to snowball and that's going to be a problem. So um, yeah. I, I think I think on the defensive side, Oklahoma has got to get turnovers no matter what it is, whether it's stripping the ball, whether it's whatever it's going to have. There's going to have to be a big dif- big differential in Oklahoma's favor with turnovers to, to kind of try and even the playing field on offense-defense between Oklahoma and Alabama. Yeah, nice, nice pick up there, Bill. You know, two has had four turnovers or four interceptions this year, two in the SEC championship game. He only came right. into that game with two. Right. So once again, if they can force that. And another amazing stat that I found online, Tua has only thrown eight pass attempts in the fourth quarter all season. Yeah. That's yeah. the fewest in the last 15 years. By the way, that cost him a Heisman trophy that was his rightfully. And uh, rightfully so. Obvious. <laughs> obvious. Kyler's amazing. Alyssa <laughs> yeah. doesn't know. We, we had a side bet. Bill and I were like, two is running away. And Once Sean, again, Sean said no. Sean so, stick. Well, no, Sean thought Dwayne Haskins. Sean always Haskins. has my back. I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't, thought Dwayne Haskins was, was going to get it. I didn't think Dwayne Haskins was no, I never said Dwayne Haskins would win. I, just, uh, yeah, I remember down, Haskins. Let's move on. down, Ohio boy. <laughs> yes. um, so, I, I, once again, I think what we saw is Tua in the, you know, if Oklahoma can get it in the fourth quarter, and when we turn the script here, I'm going to share another stat, which if, and once again, it comes down to a lot what David Dillon said last week, if Oklahoma could play a clean game, right, and, and, and much like if Georgia played a clean game, and, and they did, they, they led that game almost the whole game, uh, they forced bad plays. They forced turnovers. They forced drop balls by Judy and by Irv Smith. Um, you know, so we'll see. All right, let's, let's flip the, flip the script. Alyssa, Oklahoma goes on offense. Um, a, a very impressive Kyler Murray Heisman trophy winner. The second under Lincoln Riley in the last two years, uh, 4,053 yards passing 40 TDs, seven interceptions, 892 rushing yards for Kyler Murray. Um, a very impressive kid uh, goes up against Mike Randall and that, and that defense I think Terrell Lewis is going to be back in the uh, middle linebacker position, uh, which is a huge get back after his ACL uh, injury earlier in the season. Uh, that really will impact, and I don't want to put words in Mike's mouth, but that's really going to impact what the defense defensive line can do, knowing that Tyler or Terrell Lewis is back there. Alyssa, let's start with you with, with the ball and Kyler Murray. What, what do you expect to see Lincoln Riley and the team do to, to give them a chance? Yeah, I mean, I expect Kyler to air it out. 
Um, pretty much. Um, I mean, I don't think our run game is nearly where I would love for it to be. Um, but I also think that Kyler has a way of making things happen, just like Tua does uh, for Alabama. Kyler, somebody I read on Twitter the other day that having Kyler Murray on your team is like a, a real life cheat code um, because <laughs> he just kind of like creates these situations. And I think, you know, we had talked at the beginning of the show about Baker a little bit and how interesting and, and fun it was to watch him on his feet last year. Kyler's just as fun to watch on his feet. I mean, he's running all over the field and creating holes that you're like, I didn't even see a hole there. Um, so I think he's going to find a way to make things happen. And I think he also, for a young guy, I think he's really mature, really has, has the ability to put the team on his back and get their morale where it needs to be and their mindset where it needs to be to make things happen. Mike, before I, I turn it over to you, uh, Alyssa, Marquise Brown, you, they call him Hollywood, uh, 75 catches. Uh, CeCe Lamb, 57 catches. Listen to this stack, guys. Oklahoma has 10 receivers with at least five catches this season that are averaging more than 10 yards per catch. Wow. I mean, it is a it is a vertical offense, mm-hmm. um, and and that's I think what makes Kyler so so dangerous as a runner is because when the defense and the linebackers are chasing so far down the field. So, Mike, let me turn it to you. How does Nick Saban and his his defensive coordinator, who Mike Lockley, I believe, is going to to Maryland, right? So a little bit of that, right. uh, which 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 let's let's be honest, Saban's kind of used to this now, where he's got a he's got halfway into another school how does how does Alabama I guess kind of the cliche word is how do they stay at home and make sure that like Terrell Lewis is probably gonna be a spy on Kyler Murray I would guess right to, to me this is the difference like to me this is the the difference in the game it's like if you know Quinnen Williams and Raekwon Davis can get through you know Cody Ford Ben, ben Thomas I think is the left guard and whoever the center is for, I mean that magnificent offensive line of Oklahoma like that's if if we can get pressure on Kyler um, and make him make decisions just a little bit quicker, a little bit faster than he's comfortable making decisions, I think that will be a big difference. Maybe an incomplete pass that you know turns the drive into a you know second and nine or a you know, but but if it, it's a situation where he's got second and four or third and one, um, and we have to bring uh, you know, blitzes to get pressure on him and stuff like that. I, I just think that that's the, to me, that's the difference in the game. Um, if, if you give Kyler all day to sit back there in the pocket and he has, you know, if he has, you know, five seconds to, he, he's going to rip you apart. And because somebody's going to get open with those receivers that they have. And, um, you know, if this is the one place that we've probably struggled on defense, it's probably been, you know, in the secondary. And I think that, that has to make, um, you know, a passing attack like Oklahoma kind of lick their chops. But I think that if, if Saban and, and the defensive guys can get pressure on him with our front three or four guys and, um, and, and you know, force him to make decisions a little bit quicker, I, I think, to me, that's the difference in the game. You know, I, I think Oklahoma needs to run the football. Uh, I think they need to establish some kind of running game. Uh, to to win this game, I don't think they can do it just passing because I think that you know Saban will adjust to that, and I think he will so- find some way to get pressure on Kyler Murray. So um, I didn't mean to run on there, but that's that's where I think the game is won or lost. No, Mike, that's a great call because you know if you think about it, 
you guys haven't really faced a quarterback like Kyler Murray this whole we, season. We think have. About, think about have this. LSU, they could lock the quarterback in the pocket. Nick Fitzgerald, they could lock the quarterback in the pocket. Jarrett Stidham, he's not a threat to run. He's a good runner when he's outside, but – Here's he didn't the have an offensive line. You so. give Kyler Murray four or five seconds downfield, that means his, his receivers are being well defended, which means that they're on their man, which opens up so much the field. And I think, Alyssa, that's where you saw in the Big 12, while people might say the Big 12 defenses weren't great, they just open up so much space for all the players. And almost every Big 12 quarterback, other than maybe Will Greer, was a mobile quarterback. So this will be maybe the first time that Alabama's seen this type of you know, even against Georgia, right? I mean, because Jake Fromm was a—he's a pocket first quarterback. Well, I think with that mobility, that's where it's going to become an endurance game. Like it, it, our our defense can be what our defense is, our offense can be what our offense is, but that's where the endurance is going to come into play. Is they're going to have to figure out some sort of way to to lock Kyler into where he needs to make decisions fast. And that's going to doing that for four quarters is going to get exhausting. And we're going to have to do the exact same thing with Tua um, and probably Jalen at some point too. So I think that's really the key is, uh, and, and that's where I really feel like Oklahoma has the shot is you don't play in the big 12 and not play every second of all four quarters. I mean, not, not with the scores that there are, not with the defenses and offenses that there are. And I think in the SEC, there's a lot of – I mean, I, how, how many fourth quarters did Tua see this year? It was like two or three, right? Yeah. It, it was very low. And I don't mean that on a, on a negative thing towards Alabama. That's more of a compliment on it. <laughs> right. Um, Todd, it's, Todd, jump in. You've been, you've been on your head for a second there, Todd. Oh, man, sorry. I, I, I like what everyone's saying. Um, uh, so, Sean, you stole – I don't want to say stole my thunder, but you, you, you began to make my point. Um, so – other than the SEC, a, a, a gauntlet of an SEC schedule, which is, you know, goes without saying, uh, Alabama's played a, a very bad Louisville team, Arkansas State, the Citadel, and Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette, right? Those are the four other than SEC games. So <clears throat> as much as I said before, um, 14 points favorite Alabama offense, Oklahoma defense, Alabama has not seen anything like Oklahoma's going to show this year. So especially with a four week rest, right? Yeah. Well, well, that's, that's where Nick Saban probably has the advantage. If it was a week, one week rest, I think they'd be in a lot more trouble. Um, You got a Nick Saban that's going to prepare for Oklahoma. If anyone's going to win, it's going to be him. So that said, Alabama is going to face something they've never faced. And that's why I think, uh, and Alyssa was kind of hinting. I think that's why I was nodding. Um, That's, that's where they have their chance, right? They, they, yeah. they do have a chance, even though the spread is what it is. And, and I agree with the spread. But um, if Oklahoma wins, it's because Alabama hasn't seen anything. Like I want to say what- Sorry, not to cut you off. I think also the other thing that's not taken into account is our coaching staff, even with Ruffin McNeil coming in as, as defensive coordinator, people have to remember the communication between him and Lincoln Riley. He's bringing Ruffin McNeil originally from back from his ECU days. Mm. Um, and so there's a long-standing relationship there. I feel like those two communicate really well. Um, so Lincoln's really involved in that way as well. Yeah. You know, I got news. All those people that get tired of Alabama and Clemson being in the playoffs, uh, get ready to get tired of Oklahoma because I think this team with Lincoln Riley, I want to, I want to segue to intangibles now and, and, and kind of get to the, almost our, our picks here. Um, two, two stats that you'll each appreciate Alyssa and, and Mike, um, Kyler Murray's QBR of 96 
right? His, his QBR ranking is 96. It increases to 99 when games were 14 points or less in the fourth quarter. Wow. So you put Kyler Murray in a close game, he becomes a better quarterback, which has to really, uh, yeah, I mean, just clutch. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just, and, and look, it, say what you want, but when you're in a lot of those 45, 44 games and the last player with the ball, you know, is Kyler Murray, that, that's a pretty good place to be. Now on the, on the other side, uh, Mike, you're going to like this stat, Alabama, looking at the five years of playoffs, looking at the first playoff game, all right, and knowing that they lost Ohio State in that game, uh, in that one of the games, um, with more than three weeks to prepare for playoff games, has allowed opposing QBs to earn an average QBR rating of 8.5. <laughs> I said 8.5, not 85, 8.5 out of 100. Um, so it's, it's going to be a really interesting match. Now, do we think Kyler Murray's going to be shut down that much? I'd be shocked. But it just shows oh. that, you know, that it has to show you that Saban – focuses in on the quarterback is the key to the, the defense. And part of that, I think, is not necessarily sacking the quarterback. A lot of that is just getting pressure on the quarterback, mm-hmm. just getting hits on the quarterback. Another thing, too, that takes, I think, quarterbacks that Saban does is, you know, I'm not sure how their receivers get played in the Big 12, but I can assure you in this game, the defensive backs are going to jam them at the line and they're going to play really man-press coverage. So they're going to be – you know, it's not going to be a zone type thing. I wouldn't expect. I mean, I think that they will play them man and they'll jam them. And they're, you know, that could take the receivers a little bit out of a rhythm or a little bit out of time that takes just that extra second, second and a half, two seconds to give those linemen time to hopefully, you know, get off a block and at least get pressure on Kyler, make him step, which he's very, very good at. But I think it's those little bitty things that, you know, they're not little, but, you know, it's those things too that really, uh, it's not necessarily the quarterback, but those things affect his play. Well, and the other thing that uh, kind of piggybacking on that that we haven't really talked about yet is with us seeing something we haven't seen and Alabama seeing something they haven't seen, penalties are going to be a huge factor in this game. I mean, our defense, <laughs> as much as we're doing some really good things, we also can't seem to keep our hands to ourselves, <laughs> um, which is incredibly frustrating as a fan. Um, but at the same time, like you put a, you put our players or their players in these high stress situations, that's going to end up being a problem and can really impact the game. Yeah. So let's talk. We talked coaching a little bit on, on Mike's side of the ball. Alyssa, you when you were at Oklahoma. Was Stoops there or was it before Stoops? No, Stoops was there. Stoops. So you, you've seen Lincoln Riley come in who, you you know, once again, I, I think as a fan you kind of know who the offensive defense coordinators mm-hmm. are, but you don't really pay much attention to them. And all of a sudden Lincoln Riley thrust into this coaching role kind of out of the blue last summer, um, leads the team to the playoffs, leads the quarterback to the Heisman. Oh, yeah, and he, he repeats that this year. Um, you got to be pretty happy with this kid named Lincoln Riley, uh, the youngest, second youngest now uh, head coach, what do you think he needs to do against, you know, kind of the Jedi on the other side, Nick Saban? What do you think he needs to do to, you know, what did he learn from last last year's game in the Rose Bowl to put himself in position to win this game? Yeah, I mean, I think he needs to keep doing exactly what he's doing. Um, those of you that are not Oklahoma fans, so everyone on this call, <laughs> um, uh, basically hey, – <laughs> I don't know how much you guys know about it, but Bob Stoops is still very present on the sidelines in the coaching elements. He is no longer on staff, but he is 
there in full force, um, which I think is a good thing. As a lot of people might say in bowl games, that might not be a good thing, but I still believe it's a good thing. Um, and so I think Lincoln Riley's benefiting from Bob Stoops as a mentor and he's benefiting from that close relationship that he has, but he's also got his youth. I think that he's made some really smart hires where he's hiring people like Ruffin McNeil from ECU that he's got good relationships with. So he's not trying to necessarily prove himself to his staff. His staff knows that that's where he belongs. And I think that is more than what just coaching ability is. That's that trust and that relationship that he's got on the sidelines. He can't trade that. And Mike, to your side, obviously, you know, Nick Saban, uh, clearly one of the, the best coaches, not just of our generation of all time, um, do you worry about, I mean, he is, he's like a Krzyzewski. He's so disciplined. He's so, you know, to the players at this point in time, you know, they, the old saying, you know, we, we talked about Trevor Lawrence last week with Clemson at this point in time, he's not a freshman anymore. Like do these players just, they're so ingrained with, with what they expect. The expectations are so high there that it's just a plug and play. This game is no different than the first game of the season. That's certainly what what they're selling. I mean, that's certainly what uh, what what we're led to believe. I mean, it's um, it, it's the most amazing thing uh, to me about Coach Saban and and that entire program is just the consistency. You know, it's a guy that eats the same thing for lunch every day, and uh, I mean, you know, he but it's because it's another decision he doesn't have to make. You know, because making that decision is time wasted. I mean, it's just that. You know, and, and he's just so incredible. Steve Jobs wearing a black turtleneck, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, and so you know the and and then sustaining success. You know, he he's I've heard him talk about people, uh, you know, finding success. You know, but sustaining that, like staying at that level and not becoming complacent. Um, he is just incredible. I mean, what and and it's one thing for you know the head guy, you know the CEO, the head coach, whatever you want to call it, of an organization to think that way, but to get buy-in from every person throughout that organization is just incredible. <laughs> I mean, it's you know that's to me it just he continues to impress me just from that regard. I mean, all this is this is great, but it's how he does it that's so amazing to me. Bill Todd, anything to jump in before we do our picks? No, uh, dude, this uh, has been great. I, yeah, I, I know we're running long. I'm going to throw a question I didn't throw out to David and David. Uh, Alyssa, I'm going to put you and Mike on the spot. I want you guys to tell me, Alyssa, how does Oklahoma, how does Alabama beat you? Tell tell me what is the way that Alabama beats you? And Mike, same question is going to come to you in a second. How does Oklahoma beat Alabama? Alyssa, walk through the, the way that Alabama is going to beat you. Uh, I mean, simple, our defense falls apart. Um, not, not that there's a whole lot more to fall apart with, um, but if our defense didn't prepare adequately, if our defense doesn't come in to win that game, um, you know, Kyler won't matter. Uh, I, I love our offense. I love our team, but this game is going to be won if our defense shows up or not. So let me ask you a question, Alyssa. Does Oklahoma win a high scoring game or lose a high scoring game? Yes. And yes. I mean, either way, you think it's going to be a high scoring game? Yeah. Okay. Mike, how, how does Oklahoma beat Alabama? Watch the Georgia film from the SEC championship game. Um, I, I mean, in all honesty, I, I don't know. That's as nervous as, you, as you've been in two years, isn't it? 
I, I mean, honestly, last year's championship game was pretty nerve wracking too. <laughs> it, it, it was, but yeah. you know, this year's SEC title game, I I really watched that game and felt like they were kicking our butts for three and a half quarters. I mean that. I mean, it was just like we are not going to win this game. And but you saw some really uncharacteristic things. Devontae Smith dropped a pass. Irv Smith dropped a pass. Jerry mm-hmm. Judy dropped a pass. You know, you saw some uncharacteristic things with our team, some missed tackles and things like that that you typically don't see. And so in order for Oklahoma to win the game, um, I, I, I'm not at all, you know, suggesting that I think Al- – I mean, obviously as an Alabama fan, I think Alabama – has, you know, every opportunity and the expectation is to absolutely 100% win this game. But I think if Oklahoma wins it, two things will happen. Kyler Murray will play out of his mind. He will play an absolutely, you know, elite game, which he always does. But I also think that Alabama will make some mistakes. I, I mean, I think that Alabama will make some uncharacteristic mistakes that will either keep a drive going, you know, where maybe we had them stopped, maybe what Alyssa said about a penalty, you know, maybe we stopped them on a third and nine and then we have a, you know, a pass interference penalty or something or, you know, I, but I, I definitely think for Oklahoma to win, I, I think Alabama can score on Oklahoma's defense. I, I think Oklahoma will score on Alabama's defense. Um, but I think for Oklahoma to win, Kyler Murray will play out of his mind. He will play a perfect game and um, Alabama will make some mistakes. Mike hit the nail on the head, though. I don't think – I think either team losing is we're making uncharacteristic mistakes. I mean, I think you don't – we were arguably – we avenged our only loss of the season. Our only loss of the season was filled with uncharacteristic mistakes. Sure, yeah, that game was filled with – And so – and I think the same thing happened when they were playing Georgia – you know that that will be the the winner or loser. Is Correct me if I'm wrong. Of these teams get beat without those uncharacteristic mistakes. Red River Shootout. I think if I'm and I haven't looked at the numbers, but I I think from watching that game, didn't Oklahoma only score one out of three times in the red zone, or maybe maybe even just only a field goal? Uh, I think it was. It, it might or they were zero for three in the red zone. Yeah, I mean we were. It was awful. Like we started yeah. falling apart. Our defense couldn't stop next to anything. We came back a lot better in the second half, but I mean, then the kid kicked a field goal that he <laughs> is never in his life going to make again. The kid. <laughs> I like how she calls him the kid. Oh, wow. <laughs> he was barely shaving, Dicker, as Bob would put it. Dicker the kicker, baby. Dicker the kicker. Yes. All right, here we go. Let's put him on the spot, and then we're going to get Todd and Bill's picks, and we'll get Shays offline. Uh, Alyssa. Whatever Bill says wins, right, Bill? Mr. Cool. <laughs> Alyssa. <laughs> you can bet with your heart. You can bet with your head, but just give me your give me your prediction, win, and and give us a score. Ooh, um, I'm gonna go with win, and I will go. This is so hard. I'll go uh, 48-45. Wow! I, I'll, I'll sign up for that game right now. I'll sign up. Oh, I love that score. All right, I love it, Mike. So that would be the over, Todd. Uh, that would be the over. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I got that, Sean. Come on. It's a big 12 team playing. It's not like I could be like 7-6. That was fantastic. <laughs> right? All right, Mike, what do you think, man? Who's going to win? How did, you know, and, and what's going to look like at the end? Well, I think Alabama's going to win. I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, Oklahoma's defense, you know, throughout and how, you know, their defense this, their defense that. But last I checked, 
Oklahoma's 12 and one and they're in this game. And like Herm Edwards says, they play to win the game. <laughs> so who cares about the defense? But I do think that uh, it's going to be a shootout. Um, I hope it's not a shootout for my heart's sake. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm right there with Alyssa. I think we're talking about a 49, 41. Uh, I'm going to go with 49, 41 on the final score. Wow. The wins. Wow. Todd's all, mind's blown. All I can say is y'all are going to need to take a nap on Saturday because it's <laughs> going to be a long Yeah. Night. And the Gators play at, you know, Gators play at noon that day. Oh my God. After right. midnight finish, huh, Alyssa, that you're saying? I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think this yeah. game will go every minute of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Welcome to the East Coast, Bill. Mm-hmm. All right, Bill, let's go to you next, bud. Leading the poll, who do you like? Give us, give me the – we didn't do scores in the other game, but we, we had lots of picks on the scores, and they yeah. were all on the over. As, as, we call Bill answer key, by the way. Or no, Bill, you said they were all under. <laughs> all the scores were under on that. On yeah, that. If, if, I, if, I, uh, if I could – you know, you talk about the NFL – Defense wins championships. I mean, it ha- it's just the way it works. But that that's not the college game sometimes, right? Um, but but I'm going to – I have to say, you know, you know what I've been saying since day one of the season. And Alyssa, I don't know if you've heard any of these other episodes, but I just think that it's, it, there's the college football field and there's Alabama. And it's just – it just wasn't fair this year how mm. much better they are than anybody else in the game. Um, Kudos to Georgia for making that, you know, doing what they've done the last two years <laughs> and, and having, you know, taking Georgia, yeah. you know, taking Alabama to the wire. So, so I, I think Alabama wins a game, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll go here. I don't think they cover. And in my mind before the scores were read or you guys gave your scores, I had it Alabama 48, Oklahoma 38. So Ooh, that covers keeping them, keeping them under 40. So okay. that doesn't cover that over. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Todd. So, um, First of all, Sean, uh, last week with David and David, this week with Mike and Alyssa, outstanding. This is why you, Bill, and I love to talk about sports, right? So thank you all for coming. It's it's been outstanding. So um, the real winner is going to be the under because Alabama (laughs) will win 45-31, and that is 76 points, one under the 77 over line. So, yeah, I agree with with Bill. I think I think Oklahoma's deserving to be here, and I think they're going to put up a, a a good fight. I think until Alabama loses, how, how can you pick against them, right? Todd, I wrote down the score before you even said it. I say forty-four to thirty-one, Ooh. Alabama over Oklahoma. So we're all That's right under-ish. now saying That's underish, yeah, under underish of you yours. But um, <laughs> which makes me think I'm wrong because I, there's no way this game's going to be under. I just you there's know no although. Every time look. When was the last time Oklahoma was under? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, they, they put some pretty high lines. That would be a good stat to look at. <laughs> I think they covered the over know. against Oklahoma State in the first quarter. <laughs> well, it's funny, like, against like West Virginia, you know, you're watching it, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, they just hit the over, you know, like in the third quarter. It was just, you know, and, and you knew there was still going to be probably four more scores. I was in the heart of SEC country during that game, by the way, at a bar, a piano bar. And my wife paid the piano, right? yeah. yeah, my wife paid the piano player to play Boomer Sooner. And nice. he was like, Cheer if you're an Oklahoma fan. And I cheered 
And it was like, you're, you're not an Oklahoma fan. And everyone in the bar cheered. It was um, a great video. I'll have to send it to you guys. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, as we usually finish up the show, Mike and Alyssa, you've, you've listened, but the first chance to be on the show, uh, we always talk about what we got going on this week. It is kind of a strange week because we are heading into Christmas in two days. Not a lot of us doing a lot of work, but maybe we do. Alyssa, you just finished up your last uh, monthly coaching call with uh, Andrew Flackner. Uh, good episode. Uh, tell us what you got going on this week and maybe a little preview of your 2019. I am taking most of this week off, like most of us probably. Um, I'm hosting kiddo sleepovers and all that fun <laughs> stuff while the kids are on Christmas break. Um, and then I'm wrapping up um, my business year at the end of this week uh, with my final coaching appointments for the year. So it's been an awesome 2018, kind of been cool. I'm excited to take some time to kind of look back on all that's happened this year. It's been a big year. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Really proud of you. you. did a great job this year. Listen, I'll see you at the end of January in New York city. Mike, yeah. what's going on with you, man? How'd you finish this year? And uh, what are you looking forward to about 2019? Uh, finished this year, just a little bit short of uh, where we wanted to be, but really, really excited. Had a team meeting last week and just kind of went over some goals and that sort of thing for 2019 and really excited about that and and uh, going to take off the you know Monday Tuesday, but probably go into the office uh, Wednesday. At least one of the days, Wednesday through Friday, we'll we'll take some additional time off as well. But just we're trying to get out some settlement statements to our closings, you know, to our clients that closed this year and that sort of thing. So get that stuff out and just you know get ready to watch some football, do a little hunting this week, and um, just try to relax and get going for 2019. Come back strong. Awesome, buddy. Todd, I was, I can't tell you how, I sent you guys the text picture, but I can't tell you how proud I was when I walked through the door at our local mall and uh, the sign on the door said Asa Abloy. And uh, (laughs) I don't know why it caught my eye, but it just did. Uh, Tell me what you got going on doors and and hardware as you close out the year. Oh, well, um, I'm always working, but uh, as you know, this week's is a little different. It's, uh, it's slow. Um, Time to regroup, time to, time to recharge the batteries, prep for 2019. On a sports note, I must say, um, Boxing Day. Does anyone know what Boxing Day is? Yeah, after so, Christmas. And Canadian Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. It's, it's an after Christmas, and uh, it originated in England. And I guess the help has to work Christmas because, you know, uh, friends and family are in town. So they give them the day after Christmas off. And traditionally, they give them a box full of presents to bring back to um, their family. So – Wednesday is Boxing Day, and every uh, EPL team, English Premier League Soccer, they, it's a tradition. They play uh, a game. So before the bowl games, watch um, on M- NBC, SN, some, uh, some, some soccer. Um, Sean, I, I said this last week. I'll echo it again this week. Um, Christmas, friends and family, right? Uh, it's easy to uh, be, be with family. Um, try to reach out to a friend, right? Holidays, for whatever reason, can be, can be tough on people, so – reach out to a friend and make sure they're taken care of and, and wish them a, a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, whatever. Um, and uh, good stuff, man. Looking forward to it. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve. Nice, man. Thanks, Todd, for those kind words. Bill. I'll tell you, first of all, Todd's the conscience of this show, right? Without him, <laughs> it'd just be me and you would be doofuses the whole time. <laughs> showing, so. Thanks, So Todd. glad, Todd. Merry here. Christmas, Todd. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Todd. Uh, hey. <laughs> and, and then I wanted to point out that talk like the any, Bill Ryan on part of the interruption. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very complicated. I'm very complicated. Bob Ryan. 
If you liked what you heard today from Alyssa, you should check out episode 120 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast because she's amazing. And uh, I, I get a lot of detail about her. And you can, you can find out about how someone who grew up in Long Island, New York, ends up at Oklahoma. <laughs> Strong <laughs> Island? It's a great yeah, story. Long Island. It's, it's pretty Strong cool. Island. There it yeah, is. There it is. Chills area. And, and Bill, maybe Mike Randall needs to be in one of your interviews. And, and that's, in, uh, that's part two is, Mike, I'll be reaching out to you next month. I'm going to set you up. I need to find out about you. I need your story. So it'll be Thank great. You. All right? Yeah, so, so, I'd love that. We'll, we'll love do that. that. We'll do that. And then my guest this week is, so I'm taking a couple of weeks off from the podcast. I, I've been very consistent, but I, um, this, this, over this holiday break, I wanted to give myself a break and everybody else a break from me bugging them. About mm-hmm. to go. And so I'm doing a, a, a real estate sessions rewind we'll published on Tuesday and it's, it's episode five. Sean, who was my guest on episode five? That's me. It's you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Sean's episode is going to replay. It's very interesting to listen. First of all, my production values after the fifth episode. They've come yeah, up. I listened to it the other day. Yeah, I found it in my Dropbox. Yeah, so that's going to show up. Uh, that'll be released on Tuesday. So Sean, I know, you're, you're, I know you'll promote that. So it'll be nice, Sean, once, once a week re-listens to himself. On <laughs> no, I was, I was going to my Dropbox and I, I listened awesome. to it. And I, uh, I listen to all my podcasts on one and a half or two speed. And so to listen to myself and Bill chat, at regular speed, I, I was just like, man, was I stoned or was I, I couldn't figure out. And then I was like, oh, it's not, it's not on speed up. It's not on speed up. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, but, uh, so that's and Bill, by the way, last week's episode uh, with Katie Clancy, uh, let me just segue over to Alyssa really quick. Alyssa, sure. why don't you drop in a little plug for your, uh, oh. your book review coming up? Yeah. So I'm actually going to drop two plugs because Bill is going to be my February guest on the monthly coaching club. That's right. Um, he's going to be teaching people how to podcast. Um, which is really exciting. Um, and yes, Katie Clancy, those of you that don't know her, awesome. she's a great uh, team leader out of uh, Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Um, her and I are hosting a book club. You don't have to be in real estate. You don't even really have to read. Um, it's like an adult yeah. version of Cliff Notes. Um, we strongly encourage you to read because, you know, it's a book club. But we are going to meet the first Thursday or the first Thursday, as Katie oh. is putting it, mm. um, on uh, the Compass South Facebook page. We're going to stream live there um, and talk about books first Thursday on of, so January 3rd at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Our first book is Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Um, but we're going through a different book every month, um, not real estate related, all leadership, sales, success, all sorts of stuff. Um, some classics, we're actually going to read The Alchemist, which I'm excited about. I haven't read that in maybe since high school. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, we're, it should be a lot of fun. But Katie is a load of fun. Even if you just want to come and hang out, we strongly encourage that too. Awesome. I, I know this is a long episode. This is probably our longest one ever. We're, we're in Bill Simmons territory, <laughs> Tim Ferriss territory, but the, our true listeners will listen to it because Mike and Alyssa are great. Um, Bill, really quick, you had a great drive back up from the south southwest Florida. Uh, you you chimed me and Todd in. Uh, you picked a, uh, a pretty good soundtrack for your drive back from southeast or southwest Florida, didn't you? Yeah, so I, I was coming back from Lee County back up to uh, Pinellas County, and I thought – what and I wanted to take 41, the Tamiami Trail, which is it goes through every little town, right? Port Charlotte, Florida, yeah. Northport, lots of stoplights, but you get to see like a really old school Florida. And I said, yeah. What would I listen to 
driving this three hour drive in the rain. It was pouring. It was just, it was just so much fun. I had the time to do it. And I just put on Tom Petty radio. I'm serious. I just listened to Tom Petty and some, some, some of his, you know, mud crutch and some, even some of his just classic favorites he liked all the way home. It was, and I just thinking of Todd and Sean, cause you know, uh, that's their, that's their love, you know? So yeah. I, I might've gotten probably show tunes and, and I know they wouldn't appreciate that. So. <laughs> Todd, jump in. You, you raise your hand. No, no, no. Uh, I just, I, I knew he, uh, he took Tammy Amy trail and, and Tom Petty's a Gainesville boy. So yeah, yeah that's perfect. That's nice. Uh, for me guys, it's uh we had our carpenter Christmas party tonight. Uh, so that Jot and his family came over and Kevin and his family and uh, nice. mom, mom, our, our Nana got, got together and, um, Tomorrow we'll have the Rockwells and the Tursacks over for Christmas Eve. And then, uh, and then it's nice casual. Kevin and I might, or Ryan and I might play golf on Christmas day. It doesn't happen a lot in Columbus. You can play golf on, on Christmas day, but it should be around 35 or 40. So we might try and get out and play a few holes. <laughs> That's um, not good. We're, t- we're a tank top. Uh, there'll be, there'll be, a, it'll be, a full, it'll be a full course if it's, if it's over 32. Uh, wow. Not, not, not a full course as far as tee times, but there'll be a lot of people out enjoying a round of golf, but we guys, start is, school late if it's like that cold here in North Carolina. Like, they're like kids can't be out at the bus stop. If it's that it's cold. cold. Yeah, no, but they can be on a golf course, obviously. Yeah, right. Ohio. Yeah, super yeah. funny. So, look, Mike, Alyssa, and and David and David last week, and I know Mike and Alyssa, you guys listened. You you came well prepared. You were uh, you were great. You represented your school and your uh, your teams well. Uh, Bill, I, Todd, I know this was a, a shakeup for us, but th- this is this last two weeks has been fun. Just just sitting back and listening, and uh, I saw Bill and, and Todd just nodding and, and approving <laughs> the conversation. So, on behalf of of Bill and Todd, and of course Alyssa and Mike and David and David from last week and Shay out in Pacific Northwest, I'm Sean Carpenter. Merry Christmas to everybody. Have a good holiday. We'll talk to you before the New Year's on the next episode of the Stereo. <laughs>